0: And so I'll sometimes be home with his son for four or five hours before he's home. And I've already had my time with stepson. son. So sometimes when it's dinner time, I'll let the two of them have dinner together because I've already visited with your son. I've already had that time. I'm good. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sams.
1: Welcome to episode 194 of the Nacho Kids Podcast.
2: What's up, y'all?
1: What's up, y'all? We hope y'all had a great Valentine's Day with your significant others. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David sounds thrilled, doesn't he, folks?
2: Yeah, I'm thrilled. Yeah, because we were on the... We were on the car dial the other day and you were buying Valentine's stuff. I was like, I thought you weren't gonna get dragged into this Hallmark holiday and here you are buying junk.
1: <laughs> I had to get my baby boy something.
2: It was more than just that, but it wasn't. <laughs> you know, like, I got his
1: girlfriend a card too.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna get his girlfriend a card. Oh, I'm gonna get my dad a card. Oh, I'm gonna get it I was like, Oh my
1: god. No, you told me not to get my <laughs> daddy a card and I didn't.
2: <laughs> I didn't tell you not to. You did. You said because he don't love you. You said should I get my dad a card? And I was like, no. I was like, no. I said he don't. I said you don't love him. That's what I, I said. do
1: love him. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So we have a little bit of information that we want to share with you folks before we get into discussing our guest for today. Mm-hmm. I personally do not know how to start off. With this, so I can wing it, or David, you can do it.
2: Well, sometimes we get asked the question about how do you guys talk about your life, you know, with so much tr- uh, transparency and things like that. How do you do that without it being a problem? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, we don't. It becomes problems <laughs> sometimes. Um and we know that and we knew that going into this because we're putting out very very public information about our personal life and some people who don't know us love to attack us and some people who do know us love to attack us. Um fortunately there are far 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 more people that appreciate what we do than than not. Mm-hmm. So having said that um I am estranged from one of my sons, and this is something that's relatively new, and the unfortunate part is I don't know why, and nobody seems to know why. (laughs) His brothers don't understand why. They don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. He, um, and I know that there's a high likelihood he could listen to this, and I'm sure that there are other people in the family that listen to this. Uh, they certainly follow what we do in other channels, and I expect they probably follow this as well. So, and we are always very careful about what we talk about to try to, you know, not put the target on somebody about something that happened, and to talk as good as we can about people uh, that we, uh, you know, have to deal with. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just letting uh, him ride this out, y'all. But anyway, I say that I say all this to say there's something going on. Um, and I wish I could say more, but I don't know anymore. It's one of those things. And I don't I don't know if anybody's ever uh dealt with this. I know they have because I know I've talked to people who say that they've dealt with people that just have this recollection of events that never happened, and then you get blamed for things that ne- never occurred. Um, and so I won't go down to, the speculatory path speculative path, whichever Whichever word fits. I won't go down the path of trying to figure out why. I have my suspicions about what's going on, but uh, nonetheless, it has spilled over into the public forum. And so I think it's best for us to get ahead of it. And what I mean by that is there there have been some public posts made um, by my son, and he is not happy with Uh, the Nacho Kids thing that we're doing. uh, And it's really more of a, I'm not happy with my dad. And therefore, I'm not happy with Lori. And therefore, I'm not happy with anything they're doing. So um, there's a chance that you could see or have seen things. We've tried to remove them as he posts them. There's a chance you could see something. Um, And it is nothing more than a way for him to retaliate Um, against his not liking me for hopefully the reason will come out at some point, but, um, I've had his own brothers talk to him about it and he, he literally has a recollection of past events that never occurred and some things in his life that are, I mean, his brothers are like, look, we were, we were there. We know, (laughs) we know what happened and that didn't happen or that didn't occur. Um, so again, you're kind of, I'm kind of fighting something that this kind of a ghost of a thing, but bringing it up for that reason. The other thing to understand about nachoing is because I, and we could try to hide this and say, oh, it's not going on, but I think it's important for people to understand the entire thing about nacho parenting is not 100% removing all the things that can go wrong in a blended family. Because that's not a. It's not going to happen.
1: Because you can't control other people.
2: Exactly. There are things you can remove from your problems, but there are things that you are directly have control of. Either it's directly involving you, or sometimes it is something that is with you. It's how you're responding to something that's causing a problem, more so than the problem itself, potentially. So there are things that you can do and fix, but there are a lot of things you can't especially when it comes to other people. You can't fix in-laws and outlaws and high-conflict bio moms and kids and aunts and uncles, and it can go on and on. You can't. So a big part of what we teach in the academy and what we teach in coaching and all that is, number one, identifying what those things are, and number two, giving you the tools to better respond to those things when they happen. You're not going to get rid of them but you can drastically change how you respond to them. And I can say that the response I've seen from Lori during all of this has been phenomenal because it's not the Lori of (laughs) pre-nacho that would have completely, you know, kicked into a meltdown mode and how dare this happen and I'm going to, you know, scorch earth. I can't not show this, like some people say. Um, but it's it's very helpful for me because as much as I get mad about what's going on and as much as I am angry about what's going on, and I'm also hurt by it, she doesn't jump on the bandwagon with me in that. She lets me feel it and lets me experience it, but she also has a level of grace and mercy that brings me back down to understanding that in a lot of ways, this is not about me and her and not your kids. It's simply a retaliation for something. And so she's, she's putting it in a pro- proper perspective, giving it the proper emotional way. All those things that we teach, she's putting into practice. And I think that is something that is very phenomenal because a lot of people out there are teaching things they don't practice. You know, the whole practice what you preach. It's like I can tell you how to do it until I get to in a situation that's similar and then all of a sudden it doesn't apply to me. That's not the case here. You know, we're teaching people how to do things the exact way that we have learned that works. And it's not just something we come up with. It's a lot of study of a lot of other people's published work. And their books and their philosophies and their programs. And we learn how to incorporate all those things into how it works within a blended family. And so it's nice to have those tools to be able to say, these are the boundaries I'm going to put in place. And this is the way I'm going to respond to this. I'm not going to react to it and lash out. And this is where I draw the line and I can be nice about it. And I can have a conversation with my family about what's going on. And there's not a, expectation of people picking sides and all these things can come out of a terrible reaction to something like this. Instead of me having the knee jerk reaction, instead of Lori having the knee jerk reaction, we both sit down and we've thoughtfully responded to these things and thoughtfully figured out what what boundaries do we need to have and how do we need to deal with these things. And because he's chosen to make, his comments public, to bring his issues to light with what we're doing. Um, you know, because of that, I feel like it's important for us to bring it out and talk about it. Again, it's not it's not to say, we don't have issues. Look, the Nacho Kids was born out of us having issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's where it came from, and we had severe issues and severe problems in the blended family, and that's that's how it all came about. We figured out what's working, and so our issues don't go away; they change. You know, for you for you people out there to think when the kids turn eighteen, the problems go away. Guess what? I'm sorry, they don't. Not always. Sometimes they come back. Sometimes the problems don't even start until after then. Like in this case, <laughs> um, there you know no. Pro- we've been doing nacho kids for years, and all of a sudden, within the last what year or several months, maybe less than a year. Yeah, less than a year. In the, in less than a year, we've had we've now there's these issues.
1: Do you care if I interrupt? No. Okay. First of all, um, the whole thing started several months ago with David. I tried to, let's say, calm the waters Mm -hmm. because that's, that's what I do. So anyway, of course, it bothered us and it upset David and it bothered me. But again, we both realized it's not something we can control. So David originally tried to address the issue, but it was not going anywhere. So David decided to quit acknowledging things. Then all of a sudden it turned to me and Nacho Kids. Whereas when all this stuff first started with David, this child clearly said, it has nothing to do with Lori or Nacho Kids. It's you talking to David. Mm-hmm. So just over the last, I'd say six months, yeah, six months mm-hmm. or so, things have really... um. Been interesting to say the least. I am going to say that David made the comment that some people have recollections of things that didn't happen, but they also may not have recollections of things that did happen. Yep. And yeah, I try not to jump on the bandwagon with David with this when he's getting upset. I will put my toe there every once in a while because <laughs> because I'm hurt. Yeah, I'm angry. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I went through all those emotions. The truth is, I'm more sad than anything.
2: Yeah, me too.
1: And I know that I can't control it. Thankfully, I do have these tools that I learned years ago to help me not completely focus on it. Not that I'm ignoring it. When I get mad and have a feeling about it, I'm like, God, that makes me mad. Or something else. And I'll go, oh, I'm so sad about that. But I don't dwell on it, because I can't fix it. Mm -hmm. I didn't break it. And I, too, have my assumptions, we will say, as to what conspired, I guess, to create this whole mess. But I don't know. Because, again, nobody knows for sure. Yeah. But I will say that I am thankful— For Nacho Kids, because I have grown tremendously. Like David said, if this would have happened pre-Nacho, I'd probably be in jail. (laughs) Uh, I I would definitely have pissed off everybody in the family,
2: I can tell you that. Yeah, me and you both might be there.
1: Hmm. But I am also thankful for all of you people that have shared your stories with us about parental alienation. Because that has helped me understand that this isn't about us. Mm -hmm. This is something that this child is going through. And I say child loosely because he's an adult, but I will refer to him as a child. But there's something that he's going through that he's going to have to work out. And if you're a parent, you know, at some point you can't make your kids think what you want them to think or make them understand that what they're thinking is wrong. So, we just wanted to tell everybody, because we don't know what's going to happen. Nacho Kids is not going away. But if you hear me say something like, my three-step kids <laughs> <laughs> versus my four-step kids, then you'll know why. Yeah. Because I, I can't include him in a lot of things now.
2: Yeah. He's he's just asked to not, to not be part of it. Yes. And so... You know, again, um, we can make a big deal out of it, but we're just not. And you know, if you don't want to be a part of it, don't be a part of it. So we'll take your pictures off stuff, and we'll, and we won't talk about you at all, right? Uh, which we never really talk about him specifically. Anyway, we just mentioned the kids, and right. so what he what he's upset about is don't say my stepkids because it's a blanket statement. So. Um, he wants to be left out of all of it. So if that's what he wants. That's fine. Um,
1: so I have a good relationship with three out of my four stepkids. <laughs> yeah. And three out of my four stepkids love me.
2: Yeah. And just so you know, I've got a good relationship with three out of my four bio kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, you know, I just want to tell everybody what's going on. Um, there, there will always be problems in any, I mean, we're dealing with people. Mm-hmm. There will always be problems. When this is gone and it's never a problem, not a problem again, something else will be there to replace it. Mm-hmm. And so, it's always important to learn how to do life and to do it in a way that causes you less stress and sets you up for a win. And that's mm-hmm. that's what Nacho Kids is all about. And it's great to be able to put those things into practice. We put them into practice when we were going through problems early on and we still put them in practice today. So we don't just talk the talk. We walk the walk and that's all I got to say about it, I guess. So thanks everybody. You know, the the other thing too, is we had a Q and a call last week and it was the kind of, it was kind of weird because it was really weird. Everybody who got on the call was, was like overboard thankful that, Nacho Kids has existed, and the Academy is there, and we're doing what we're doing. It was just, it was so like Pat, Dave, and Lori on the back. It was kind of strange because it's it was over the top kind of, and I'm like, what is going on?
1: Yeah, and it wasn't just one person.
2: No, it's like everybody on the call was like so appreciative of everything, and I was like, that was kind of even when we got off of it, I was like, that was kind of weird. Um, like I almost was expecting somebody to like say, you know, hey, this is a joke we're playing. (laughs) <laughs> you know, try, trying to, you know, everybody just got together and decided we're just going to pat you on the back. Um, I mean, we definitely appreciate it because we need it. We go, yeah, enough people to try to tear us down all the time. But it was just kind of weird. And then, like, the very next day, this happened. And so I, I just thought that was very interesting that, you know, we were kind of, I guess, being uh, prepared for the fight. <laughs>
1: well, I believe, again, it was kind of shocking that night on the Q&A call, I was like, huh, that's interesting. But I do believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that we were blessed to have those people on the call that night that did show us that appreciation because with this happening the next day, if we wouldn't have had that, I would have went down the road of maybe we should stop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause one thing, one thing you guys don't realize is how much abuse that we sometimes take and still just keep going, mm-hmm. because it's it is worth it, a hundred percent worth it, but sometimes there's only so much you can take, yeah um of people just attacking all and, and it's just shocking, like you're out there, you're trying to do good in the world, and you get attacked constantly. It's shocking
1: even by other step family coaches.
2: Yeah. Um and so, you know, whether you agree with Nacho Kids or not doesn't mean you have to be ugly to me. Yeah, don't be ugly and <laughs> attack, but they do that. And I think the biggest part of that is because people hide behind a keyboard or hide behind a screen and they can they can feel like they can say anything they want to say and do anything they want to do and they're very hurtful. Um mm-hmm. And it's it's something that's very difficult for younger people to deal with. People in schools, um, you know, college and high school, that's a challenge they have to deal with much more than I understand. But Lori and I can also put things in a proper perspective and realize that these people are just ignorant. And um, they have an opinion of which, you know, I don't really care about.
1: Well, I'm not going to say they're ignorant. David said that. I know
2: what you're saying. Yeah, I'm not saying they're stupid. Saying they're yeah. ignorant of of Nacho Kids, most I, I don't think I've ever run into anybody yet who correctly says this is what Nacho Kids parenting is all about, and they get it right, and then still start talking about how crappy it is. I, I have not run into somebody that that right. does that.
1: Well, I will say, I believe hurt people hurt people.
2: Uh, absolutely, hundred percent.
1: And just because I know how to Nacho does not mean that stuff doesn't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Again, it just means that I recognize it. I feel the feelings, but I don't let them consume me. I don't let them prevent me from being able to work. I don't let them prevent me from still hanging out with my son or David. You acknowledge them. You address them. You feel them. You keep on trucking. You may Mm -hmm. feel them again, and that's okay. You keep on trucking, like holidays, If this doesn't get resolved by holidays with David's son, then yeah, it's going to be harder then. So anyway, just so you know, we appreciate all of you that have emailed us kind words and all the people in the academy that took a moment to appreciate what we do. We really appreciate that.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yeah, And when you're Talking to other step families, especially like on Facebook and stuff like that, keep that in mind like don't be hurtful. people are already hurting enough. they don't need you to jump on there and hurt them more.
1: Well, um, and I've said this before too, you can be the straw that pushes somebody over the edge. Mm-hmm. Step moms, stepdads, they can be fragile and not because they're weak, but because this can be so hard. And they don't know how to deal with all of this. And someone in a stupid Facebook group says, well, I just think you're a piece of crap because you don't love your stepkids like your own. You can make that person want to kill themselves. Mm -hmm. The power of words is very much underrated. So be kind with your words. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say nothing at all.
2: (laughs) All right, folks. So that's all we wanted to say. Um, And then we will move on. If you have yep. any questions,
1: yeah. Let if you me have know. a question, shoot me an email.
2: Yeah, let me know. Yep. Uh, again, we've never we've never tried to come out and say our life is perfect and you should follow us to be perfect too. What we're saying is, look, people, everybody's lives is typically toe up from the flow up, and we ain't no different. We just know how to handle it better. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, everybody looks at somebody else thinking, oh, their life is so good. I wish I was like them. Everything's perfect. I ain't met that person yet. I have not met that family, mm-hmm. blended or or otherwise. I have not met that family who's just as good as it looks on Facebook. So, anyway, we'll move on. And yeah. um, the biggest thing I want to say is, is thank you all. Thank you for listening. Thank you for um, sending us little messages of appreciation and stuff like that because you really do keep us going. You don't realize it. You don't realize what just a, a small, little two sentence. I really appreciate what y'all do. You don't that that goes a long way. It means the world to us.
1: Or even not putting it like I appreciate what y'all do, but your method has helped
2: me. Oh, that's even better. Even yeah, better.
1: I don't can't tell you how many times I've had a crappy day, just for whatever reason. It could have nothing to do with anybody or anything. It's just some days you have crappy days. Everything just seems to go to crap. And then I'll check emails and it'll say, I just wanted to let you know that I really appreciate the content and the Academy. It has changed my life.
2: I know. And it's that like, wow. That makes me so happy. And th- it doesn't get old either. Like no. every time I read one, it's like, wow.
1: <laughs> well, it gives me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, I know. And that's how I know without any doubt that us doing this is definitely my calling mm-hmm. because it touches my soul. Yep. Okay, I'm going to get sad if I keep talking like that. All right. All well,
2: right. folks, thanks for sticking with us. I know that some of you hate the the stuff in the beginning when we're chit-chatting, but we just wanted to get that out there. So here we, we go. And we ain't
1: going to stop that anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our guest today is stepmom Nicole. She has been blending for two and a half years, two stepsons, and a stepson that's not a stepson.
2: <laughs> okay. Is that like is that like when you adopt the neighbor's kid?
1: No, it's like her partner has a stepson from a previous relationship that he still has contact with and considers him his son. Oh, okay. Okay. And that created challenges. Oh, I'm sure. And we've talked about this before. And actually, a lady on the Q&A call was talking about this the other week about how— It bothered her to think that her partner wouldn't have anything to do with her kid if they split up. But people don't always think about the challenges staying in that child's life will cause. Yeah. But we're not going to go down that road because there'll be another thing. (laughs) We'll talk about that next time. I'll make a note. I'll probably forget anyway. Okay. This stepmom is also childless by choice, and she is type A and introverted. What? Yes. Who else do you know like that?
2: (laughs) Sounds like you. (laughs)
1: And it's funny because people say, "How can you be Type A and introverted?" Very easily. Yep. Now, if I get to know you, I'll cut up like a fool. Mm-hmm. If I don't know you, I'm a little shy. Yeah. David's the extrovert in this relationship.
2: Uh, I'm an introvert.
1: You are not. <laughs> Most people don't believe that I am.
2: No, but it's when you when we're together though, that's when you that's why the people don't believe it because you you draw from me in that area.
1: I just have to say stuff so to make you stop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like to tell people she's like an old car. You know, it takes a while to get her started, but then once you get her started, you can't get her to stop. <laughs> well,
1: that's how it is when we talk at events. I get really, really nervous, and then I'll have David there with me, and then once I start talking, he don't get to say anything.
2: <laughs> no, I just sit there <laughs> and look
1: cute all right. That's all I'm going to tell you about this lady, just because we took up a lot of time in the beginning talking about other things. So, David, let's get to listening. Let's do it. Today, we have stepmom, Nicole. Hey, Nicole, how are you?
0: I'm great, Lori. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, thanks for being a guest. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your blend.
0: Sure, sure. Um, So I am actually 40 years old. I am child-free by choice. I have two stepsons, which are 13 and about 17. Mm-hmm. Have been with their father for three and a half years. We've been engaged for a year and a half, and we've been officially all living together for two years. About two, yeah, about two years. But about a year ago, which we can get into this later. But my older stepson, the one who is 17, did choose to live with his mom full-time. So we only see him a little bit here and there. So really a lot of my blended family life is now with my stepson, 13.
1: Okay. And you've also got a stepson that's not your stepson. That's your husband's stepson, right? Or your boyfriend's stepson.
0: Yes, yes. So if you ask my partner, fiance, boyfriend, whatever, he'll tell you he has three children. And when I first met him, I knew about the two, and then he mentioned, oh, I have another one. And I kind of, oh, that might be a little too many for me. And then I found out it was actually a stepson to him. He's about 25 years old. He actually moved a few states away now. So we don't see him as much, but that came from his ex wifes from a, obviously a guy she dated uh, way back in the day. So,
1: hmm And that's always interesting. Yes. So we'll talk more about that. Yes. So you are childless by choice, which I think they consider child-free now. Yeah, one of those two, but definitely yeah. a choice
0: not want to have children.
1: Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you get confused with it too, because I'm like, I just I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I've had people say, "No, she's not child-free; she's childless," and I'm like, whatever, she ain't got no kids. That's what. We're exactly. <laughs> <at> all to <laughs> me. Yep. So you meet this guy, and he's got kids at the time, you know, of two mm-hmm. and you really didn't want kids of your own. Mm-hmm. So did, did you not say, pull up the emergency break. I'm not doing this. Or was he just like sweep you off your feet and you forgot that he had kids?
0: Oh gosh, that's a great question. It was a little bit of both. I was doing the online dating thing and there's just uh-huh. so, many. you know, there's a lot of people on there, but they're not necessarily the right people for you. And I was just kind of, you know, I, I had been dating guys without kids and that wasn't going anywhere. And I just happened to, you know, swipe yes on this guy. Mm-hmm. He had kids. So yeah, I didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. And then obviously to, to the other part of your question, he did sweep me off my feet. He did all the right things and he's an amazing guy. So of course, you know, here I am and it's been almost four years and yeah, trying to navigate the, the stepmom life.
1: Yes. How did it go when you first met his kids? Oh,
0: yeah. You know, it was great in the beginning as it probably always is. You know, it was a very, you know, it was an easy environment. You know, we met for ice cream. I lived in the same town as, as them. So we weren't too far away. And, you know, dad had kind of already planted the seed of, oh, I'm dating somebody and it's getting serious. I really like her. I'd really like for you guys to meet her and she'd like to meet you. And I was still weirded out by it. You know, I'm like, this is still not my cup of tea. But, you know, I mean, how bad can this be? And then we met and they were fine. I think at the time they were nine and 12, both boys. So mm-hmm. you're meeting for ice cream. It's pretty harmless. So it seemed like, oh, OK, not bad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not bad.
0: <laughs> not bad.
1: <laughs> and they didn't try to kill you or anything like that when you first met them? No,
0: they didn't. They're they're really good kids. I realize a lot of this is I'm the problem. I think and a lot of this, it's, it's me accepting a lot of the situation and also the compromises that I've made, but they're really nice kids. So, you know, and I realize it could be a lot worse because I hear the stories of other people don't have, you know, high conflict bio mom. I have a bio mom that does some weird stuff that I kind of raise my eyebrows at, but you know, I really don't have to deal with that. So it's not too bad, but yeah, in the beginning, they, uh, nice kids and they didn't chase me away.
1: Awesome. So y'all move in together. Yes. And how often does he have his kids at that time?
0: Mm. So in their divorce, the custody schedule with the children was based around her work schedule. And her work schedule would change at least one time throughout the year. It would kind of stay steady for like six months and then it would change. And then every time it changed, of course, it affected all of us, you know, mm-hmm. based on her. So for the, I mean, it wasn't quite 50-50, but it is 50-50 now but it's based on her work schedule. So it's a, we have a three days on and three days off type of schedule and it's a rotating three days. So that's one of the hard parts about my step family blend is it's not, our transition time is 5 p.m. It's Mm -hmm. not in the mornings or before school or whatnot. So when we actually have transition time, I only have actually two full days in between transition days to myself without any kid interaction. That's if they don't stop by the house for something. So right. it, there's not a lot of downtime, but when we moved in, I think it was, you know, maybe four and four, but, uh, now it's three and three and it's kind of stayed there because, you know, bio mom's schedule did change again. And finally, I was so glad that my partner, he put his foot down and he said, you know what, you know, cause it just, it disrupts everyone's life. It disrupts the children's life. It disrupts my life. Our, everyone's routine changes because of her work schedule. So we've said, you know what, we're not doing that anymore. So we're sticking with something that's consistent. We're doing the three and three.
1: Good. Mm-hmm. I understand that originally they were doing it based off her schedule, but we have found that it's better for the step-parents and the kids to do week-on-week-off versus
0: a 3-3. Oh, yes. I want that. I've actually asked their father to do that because there's just too many transition days in a week. I mean, it's like two plus, like tonight's transition night, so... And it's just because it's at five o'clock, it's just, oh, it's, it's not fun. It's not fun. And I brought that up to my partner and I said, any chance we could do a week on week off, especially for like his kids' grades are not good in school. And I said, maybe more consistency at our house. Cause of course we're the, we're the tough house, you know, this is mm-hmm. crazy, but we're, we're the tough house and her house is not, but he said, well, I don't want to go that long without seeing my children. But what's interesting is the older stepson lives with bio mom full time and it can go two weeks without dad seeing the older stepson. Mm-hmm. So it's ironic that he'll say, well, I don't want to go a week without seeing my kids. But yet you will go two weeks without seeing the older one. So I, I can't figure it out.
1: A lot of times that's why the 3-3 three, three or 3-4, three, whatever it is, goes into play is because the parents don't want to go a week without seeing their kids. And mm-hmm. I get it. I, I definitely get it. I don't even like my baby being gone for a weekend. Mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. again. The kids never feel like they have a secure home. Mm -hmm. It's it's like somebody that travels and lives in a hotel. Their stuff's there for two days. They have to go back to mom's for two days. They live out of a suitcase, basically. Mm -hmm.
0: And it's just, especially with three nights on and three nights off, it's uh, it's just, that's exactly it. And then, of course, they forget something, or I say they, it's really my stepson 13 that's coming back and forth. But, you know, he'll, he's 13. I mean, he forgets to shut the lights off in his bedroom. So it's like, you know, he's forgetting, you know, he'll forget a charger for his laptop for school. And, you know, the other day he had something at our house and it wasn't his day to come by. And, you know, so that was a day I, I saw him. He had to come over for, you know, 20 minutes to get something because um, he forgot it. So it's it really is. It's I think it's really tough on the kids. I do. It
1: is. It is. And they need some kind of stability. And I agree that at least stick to the schedule. If you're going to do three and three, then do three and three. Don't flop back and forth and change that. But maybe when stepson gets a little bit older, your husband or your boyfriend will be more apt to think about that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I I hope so, too. I I do, because I think it would just be, you know, I've tried to make the case to my partner. I've said, well, what about if we did do a week on week off? Because also, you know, not to be selfish here, but. If we're planning a life just in general, the next six months or vacations or whatever, it's so hard to go to a calendar and count one, two, three. Okay, one, two, three, because it's not the same three days a week. It's, you know, a rotating schedule. So it's like, if we go on vacation, I mean, now we need to find a backup plan because we only have a couple nights without kids or are we bringing them and then whatever. But it's so hard to plan out. It's not like, oh yeah, this week we have them, this week we don't. And then on top of that, I think that because we are the house that has um expectations of schoolwork, you know, getting your homework done and um it's nothing crazy. But I think that for my stepson, you know, knowing that he's with us for a week is a little bit, you know, it gets him into a routine and he gets the homework done. He gets things, you know, he's studying or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, whatever. But dad says, yeah, but then he's gonna go to his mom's and have a week where he won't do anything. So yeah, that's the the hard part.
1: It is. It's very hard. And as a parent, you just do the best you can.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now,
1: you had um, answered the questions and said that you are type A and introverted. Yes. A lot of people will say that's an oxymoron. You can't be type A and introverted. Oh, yes, <laughs> you can, because I am type A and introverted as well. Mm-hmm. So I get it. And I think the combination of the two makes it harder on us being a stepmom.
3: Oh, yes.
0: Yes. And, and I've listened to, Laurie, I've probably listened to almost all of your episodes. And there's actually a couple episodes I listened to a few times. And there's one particularly I completely, I feel like this stepmom is my soul sister. You know, I am, I feel like I'm an extroverted introvert. Um, uh-huh. type, you know, I like peace. Oh, I love my peace and quiet. I love my organized, clean life. And then here come, you know, teenage boys. And, you know, what's hard with that too is I didn't have brothers growing up. I didn't have brothers growing up. So I don't really know kind of what's quote unquote normal behavior of boys. You know, I don't know. Is this like a stepson thing? Is this a teenage boy thing? I don't know sometimes. So it's hard for me because they are so loud and it's like, why? It's unnecessary. There's no point to be that loud. But yeah, it's hard. It's hard that, you know, you didn't choose to have children. And yes, I do choose my partner, you know, so that's the hard part for me. That's why this is, I'm the work in progress here because I need to, find, you know, the the silver lining and all this. But it is, it's hard when you're you appreciate downtime and that's how I recharge. And then I only have two full days in between each transition day. It's like I don't get that time to recharge. So then my cup's not full, then stepson shows up and you know, I'm like, "Oh, I'm not ready for this again." So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I quickly learned that I need my downtime. And like you said, it's so I can recharge.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I realized that I needed that downtime. When I felt that way, I would just go, I'm going to go chill. And I would just go to the bedroom and I would either read or watch TV or sleep. And that was my way to recharge. And I know a lot of people, their partners will say, oh, you're just leaving us in here and you're not being a part of the family. No, some people, honest to goodness, need to recharge. Yes,
0: And I feel as I'm getting older, I need more time to recharge. You know, I'm really like selectively social. I'm very social in my job. So for me, it's like, you know, my home was my sanctuary. That's my place to recharge. And I just need more of it, you know, as I go. And to what you just said about partners feeling like you're not being a part of the family. When I first met my partner, I will say this because I have to give him credit. I was very upfront and I said, like I'm not here to be stepmom of the year, you know, you know I don't really want children, you know, I was very upfront about that and thankfully it didn't scare him away, but I just kind of figured like, well, whatever systems you already have in place, you know, you already had a system in place before I came along, keep that going because just cuz I showed up doesn't mean that now this is now on my plate because that's not how this is going to work. You know, it's not we're going to get a divorce before we get married. So I said that's not happening. Mhm. So- Good about that. But you know, there are a lot of times where I do feel guilt where like my my partner has much longer hours than I do. I have a typical Monday through Friday nine to five kind of job. And he has like retail hours. He works longer days. Sometimes he doesn't come home till eight o'clock at night. He works weekends, etc. And so I'll sometimes be home with his son for four or five hours before he's home. And I've already had my time with stepson. So sometimes when it's dinner time, I'll let the two of them have dinner together because I've already visited with your son. I've already had that time. I'm good. You need time because you've been at work and he hasn't seen you. So I feel like it's, it's good though too, because I feel like even when I was first dating him and I had my own place, there were times where even when my partner would get his son back or both of his children back that first night, I would maybe sometimes I'd go and visit, but a lot of times I would, I would never spend the night on the first night he got them back because I wanted them to know that when they see dad, they get time because they haven't seen him, you know, it'd be their, their transition. I want them to have time with just dad and also not have to think that life is now dad's girlfriend and dad, you know, it should be, Oh, we get our dad back, you know, without me too. So I always made sure at least the first night of the transition, they had that, but now that we're together, you know, I can't run away. So it's, um, I try to like dinner, or if I've just had enough, I'm like, I'll say, I'm going to my office. I'm going to go do work. And sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm not. But it's just, you know, you can sit and have the conversations, and I'm just going to go have my downtime.
1: Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Nothing at all.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness. I'm glad that he's receptive because you know I I understand, and, and I have you know I've met some stepmom friends not locally, but you know around the the nation through some of the different communities. And I hear their struggles, you know, that what their partner says. And I always hear you say this too, Lori, of the things of, oh, you knew what you were getting into or love them like your own. And and I hear, hear my stepmom friends getting told that. And I feel for them because I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I would tolerate that because I don't think I could. Because right. I was up front, you know, day one, this is how it's going to be with me. But uh, that's it's hard. That is definitely hard. It is. Were you an only child? No, I actually have an older sister. She's five okay. years older.
1: The reason I ask is I spoke with a lady earlier that is a child free stepmom, and she was an only child. And I was just wondering. I was like, I wonder if there's more child free women that are only children. Mm. Mm Hmm. Yeah. She says she knew at age ten she didn't want kids.
0: Yeah. I I mean, that's. I think that's about right. I never wanted children. I, I just always knew that, and you know, I worried. When I got older, am I ever going to regret that? You know, am I going to wake up at 35 and go, oh my gosh, you know, I need to have kids. But no, I always knew. I said, I want to live and travel and make my own money and, you know, not be stuck to a soccer game on Saturday morning. I'd rather be hopping on a plane and, you know, traveling somewhere or, you know, eating out, just having more disposable income. You know, I wanted that. I didn't want to have to (laughs) have the kid life, but here I am.
1: Yeah. Well, it's still different, though. (laughs) Yes.
3: Yes,
0: But
1: I feel like you're even more tied down than a lot of step parents because of that 3-3 schedule.
3: Yes.
0: Like you said, it's
1: hard enough for to plan a vacation when you have the kids all the time. But even every other week is hard to plan. But when you've got them, you can't go anywhere for a week. Nope nope, we have to call
0: in family to come to the house to watch and, you know, basically babysit. And it's, it's a whole undertaking and it's, it's hard because, you know, it's not the life I ever wanted. I made sure that, you know, I didn't go that route in life. And then I meet this wonderful man who obviously is, is worth it, but it's here, here I am doing all those things where I'm not able to travel or I travel by myself. Like you're, you had, um, I referred to this earlier, but you have a stepmom. Gosh, she was amazing. I loved her episode. It was episode 155. <laughs> <laughs> episode 155. And this stepmom, also child free, she, you might remember, but she would basically do everything she could to stay out of the house. So she yes. would get up at 5 a.m. to go to mm-hmm. the come back at like 10 p.m. when the kids were in bed. She would rent Airbnbs just to have space or house it for people. And I kind of do the same thing. Like I'll rent places off of VRBO or Airbnb. Just to have like a getaway, just to feel like I get a break because when I do have a vacation or a break, I have kids in the house or a child in the house. So it doesn't feel like a break. I feel like I'm on parental duty. So um, that was a great episode. I could definitely relate to her.
1: Was that your favorite episode?
0: I think so. I think I've listened to it a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Any of the child free by choice. I really, you know, because it's just such a hard Oh, it's so hard because you made a choice to not have children. You, you made that decision and then you find yourself in, in that situation. And it's so those are the episodes I usually look for.
1: Yes. You mentioned something about bio mom that mm-hmm. she does weird things. You didn't call her crazy. You said she does some weird things.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What is your relationship like with her? Do you communicate with her at all? Are you in the group text with bio mom and bio dad?
0: I will say this again, hearing other people's stories, I'm I'm very thankful that I don't have a high cl- conflict bio mom, but I have tried in the very beginning, I would say not even the very beginning, maybe it was a year in or when our relationship was getting serious. I just assume that any mother who is spending this much time with her children, she'd want to know who that person is. Like I just think that that's common sense. And so I have reached out to her because she never reached out to me. I know she also had a boyfriend after the, my partner and her were divorced, I don't know, maybe six years ago. She had a boyfriend right away. So she already has basically moved on. And I did think it was interesting, her boyfriend and my partner never really had any kind of relationship. So I guess this wasn't super uncommon for her to not reach out to me. But I did reach out to her, extended an olive branch a couple times. One of the times was just a text message. And I said, listen, I just want you to have my phone number. Should anything happen? you know, gave her compliments Said I'm really enjoying getting to know the personalities of your children. You've done a great job raising them, you know, but again, I'm here if you need anything. So she was very broke, wrote me back right away, basically kind of wrote the same text I sent to her, you know, yes, they're good kids. Most of the time, thanks for giving me your phone number. I'll reach out if I need anything, you know, kind of almost the same thing I said to her. Mm -hmm. So I would say we ran into her also in a public restaurant and she couldn't run out of the restaurant fast enough when she saw us, which was kind of interesting. And that was probably a year and a half in, but I'd never met her face to face. So I was like, oh my gosh, why would she just run away? But, you know, that's what happened. I was just...
1: Did she literally run out the door?
0: Oh, she couldn't run out fast enough. (laughs) It was so fast that I I heard my partner say hi to somebody, but I didn't know who. And I turn around and I just see the back of her head leaving the restaurant. I said, who was that? And he goes, oh, that was my ex-wife. And I went, oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) But there was um, one other incident where, again, I was trying to be the bigger person, but my stepsons had, their dog had gotten out at their house and they live on a busy road at their mom's. So I went out looking for the dog because I love animals. I love dogs. And I said, well, I don't, you know, it's middle of winter. I don't want anything to happen to the dogs. And this is the kids' dogs too. So I wanted them to be that, you know, we can all work together, whatever. So I did text her like, hey, I've tried these roads. I tried the park. I've tried this and the next thing. And I don't even think she wrote me back. Yeah, I don't. And then I heard that she did find the dog. And I never even got like a, like, I found that out through the family that the dog was found. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm out there driving around in my car, spending my gas my time texting you to like extend the offer. Yeah. She wasn't interested. So we've never officially met. And I also, I felt very like I was giving her too much power. And so I eventually just deleted her out of my phone. And I said, enough, like I need to get my power back and I'm done with you. So that's what I did. Good but for she, you. Thank you. And it felt good. It felt good to delete her because there was an anxiety there with her in my phone. So there only, the communications only happened between, you know, my, my partner and, her that's they do everything there but the kids are a little bit older too and you know again she has a boyfriend but the only thing that was kind of oh I I think it's strange but so she'd been with her boyfriend six seven years and living together with him as well and we got engaged and then she got engaged all of a sudden you know again they'd been together six or seven years but now they got engaged like three months after us and then got married like six months later, like it was very fast. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's interesting. Like, you know, you guys have gone all this time without me. It was just, you know, and then I talked to my mother-in-law who said that that's how the ex-wife is, that it's all about her and the spotlight was on me. And even though we don't have a relationship, I don't think she liked that. And um, so, yes, yeah, so all of a sudden she got engaged and married, married before we did. So
1: <laughs> oh, she had to do it before you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, So weird thing. So we had um another issue where, and this is also respect, I guess, and, and boundaries, but and this is probably getting a little deep, but I had a, a, a sick mother. She had a sick mother. And so my mother actually had passed away before hers did. And I thought, because again, I just think, you know, we can all bury the hatchet and be adults and whatnot. I guess expecting anything is not the right thing, but just condolence card, I don't know ZD something that usually people do when there's you know someone's passed away and nothing came from Bio Mom's house. There was no acknowledgement of my mother's passing, and I was like, "Oh, okay, well that's interesting." And then a year and a half later, her mother passes away, and I was like, "Well, guess what? We're not doing. We are not sending a condolence card. We are not sending over ZD to that house because to me it was rude. If you're if you're not going to show me respect, I'm not going to show you respect." And people might think that's immature, but that was in my own mind, like respect for my own mother. You know, you're not going to respect her or myself. Well, I don't, you know, I don't reciprocate then. But what we did do was, of course, for the kids, anything they needed or, you know, we had a lot of talks with them about how they felt about their grandmother passing and, you know, do they want to have, do anything in in their grandmother's memory? So that's where I kind of put my energy with that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so she's done some things that I'm like, oh, okay,
1: (laughs) but you move on. Yes, you do. You do. Now, let's talk about your role as a stepmom. You said sometimes you're home with the stepkid before your boyfriend gets home, right? Yes, many times. Do you parent the stepkid or do you play babysitter?
0: Mm, Good question. Well, I really try to take the nacho method. I really, I just, (sighs) I want, (laughs) you know, I do want to say things, but I've really taken your approach. And I, I really am. I'm a part of other like stepmom communities. And I really think this is the best best method is the nacho kid, because like you've mentioned, you want to have positive interactions to build the relationship. So I try not to parent, you know, I'll say things like, hey, could you pick up that thing? Or, you know, if he leaves something on the counter or makes a mess, hey, would you mind picking that up? But that's about it. I mean, I certainly have opinions that I keep to myself. And that's hard, because there's a lot I obviously want to say, and I don't. But Yeah. For the most part, it's almost like babysitting where I kind of just observe and shake my head and try to walk away. And make sure
1: the kid doesn't get hurt. Yes.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I try to think of myself as an aunt, you know, like I, you've, I think said this as well, that stepmom just has, it, it puts a pressure on you to be something more. And I do try to take the role of, I'm just an aunt. I'm just like a, Friend of dad's, I'm here mm-hmm. to, you know, and and he will like my, my stepson will open up to me and tell me things he doesn't tell his father. Mm-hmm. So that's what, okay, cool. And we do we have a, I have a really great relationship. I mean, I know I'm saying a lot about being child free by choice and not really wanting to live with kids. But surprisingly, I have a really good relationship with him. And he is a good one with me. Like I can tell. He'll appreciate, like, I'll take him out. I make him food or dinner and I spend time with him. I talk to him about what's going on in his world. And I try to remember what he tells me. I can tell, like, there's certainly a bond, but it's just, and and even take it a step further. It's kind of like I represent, you know, as a stepmom. it's not me personally. It's what I represent. It's kind of like that with him. You know, he's a great kid, but he represents, you know, when I wanted to be child-free by choice, it's not him personally. It's what he represents for me. Mm -hmm. So... Yes, yeah, so I do try to, I don't parent. I try to leave that to
1: dad and just bite my tongue. Well, and I really believe that the reason you have such a good relationship with him and he tells you stuff he wouldn't tell his dad is because you do nacho. Hmm. You're the safe place for him to fall.
3: Hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, by the way, and with nacho, because I feel like so many people misinterpret it in other podcasts, you know what I mean? And it's, people do not understand it.
1: No, they don't. I think a lot of times they just don't want to understand it. They just see somebody talk about it in a Facebook group about how it's ignoring the kids. And they think that's what it is. They think it's mean
0: yep. or lazy.
3: hmm hmm
0: And it's not at all. I, I totally agree. We don't have the benefit of a bloodline, right? Like we don't have dad can, or a mom can say anything to a child. And even as mad as the child gets, you know, it's still your mom and your dad. You still love them to death, you know, but step family, you don't have that benefit. So yeah, you have to be more careful. And I I agree that's more positive interaction than anything else.
1: And not only that, but if the step kid does something and it upsets the bio parent, the bio parent is going to forgive that child very quickly. Whereas the step parent is going to say, wait a minute, don't you remember when little Johnny cussed you out the other day? Mhm. And Absolutely. they're thinking, well, I didn't forget it, but they're my kid. Yeah, That's so true. Mhm. You made a comment about compromises that you have made. Mhm. I can think of plenty that you've made, but what are some of the compromises that you feel that you've made being in a relationship with someone with kids?
0: Mm, great question. Um <laughs> I feel like I've made a few. One of the things I mentioned my mother at passing before. One of my dreams was to move, was to move out of my state and go somewhere else. And it's been a plan for a long time. So when I met my partner, obviously that was not gonna happen for much longer. So one of the plans was, okay, I'm hoping to move in the next couple of years, but now I find out he had a nine year old. And I'm thinking, okay, well, Now, how many more years do I have to wait before I get to move and kind of live this other life I thought I was going to get to live? Right. So that's, you know, the compromises. And also, secondly, it might sound silly, but the house that we bought together, we moved into a a new house for the children, which that really backfired. But that house, we had to buy, obviously, within the school, the, the kids' school district. And the taxes for their school district are insane. So you know, now I'm on the hook for paying these crazy high school taxes when I don't even have kids in the school. So, and I would never choose to live in that town because of that. And I don't have kids, so it, it's kind of this like I'm kind of forced to pay taxes, which I would never really choose to live here because I'm dating a guy with kids. So that's a compromise. And then, of course, just the whole three on three off. It's just, oh, it's so hard. And and I do think to myself, if I did have a week how much better it would be for him and for me, you know, just the consistency and just having more time to recharge because I would show up better to my stepson. Also, I feel like I would just, you know, there's times when he comes over and I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I just saw you two days ago, you yeah. know, and <laughs> you're just kind of burnt out. Like I haven't had time to recharge and I'm, I'm faking it till I make it. So I'm pretending to be happy and all the things and ask all the questions. And in my head, I'm like, I just want to run away. Right. So so I, there's there's certainly a lot of different compromises, and they were big ones. So,
1: well, mm-hmm. and two, if you if your husband did or your husband, sorry, I'm, I've got y'all married already. If okay. your, if your partner did do one week on one week off, then y'all could make Wednesday night date night or yeah. every other Friday night date night, whatever, to where you could feel like you're focusing more on your relationship with him instead of trying to fit your relationship with him into this blend.
0: Yes. Yes. Especially because, you know, transition day, I know, takes a lot out of stepmoms. And the first night, especially, is like, oh, okay, you just start to decompress a little. And, you know, you don't really feel like yourself because, you know, what I say around my stepchild is very filtered. What I wear, you know, I'm in my own home and I'm careful because he's a teenage boy. I'm careful Mm -hmm. what I wear. And so just my routine changes. If I'm watching something on TV... The other day I was watching something on Netflix and the language was inappropriate. And, you know, I had to pause it because he was in the other room and I didn't want him to hear that. And I thought, oh my gosh, all I want to do is watch this show. And I can't, you know, and I don't want to kick him out of the room. So I'm like letting him do his thing and I'm sitting there playing on my phone, waiting for time to pass. And all I want to do is watch the show. So it's, you know, there's so many things you are careful about. And then you have two more days and then it's like, okay, back to it.
1: Right. Now you said getting a new home backfired.
0: Yes. Oh, yes, it sure did. It sure did. So this is a a unique situation and I'll keep some of the details private, but we bought this home. We were very excited to buy. We bought it during COVID. So seeing homes was a little tricky. They didn't have a lot of open houses where just anybody could walk through your home because of what was going on. Mm -hmm. So we had looked at this house and of course we had a lot of things in mind for what we felt the kids would want you know the kids had come from their mom had their her own home but the house that the kids grew up in which is where dad was when I met him his house was a very old house and like the kids didn't even have closets like they had no closet space in their bedrooms because the house was so so old Mm -hmm. the wooden doors wouldn't close all the way so if the doors wouldn't close the doors wouldn't lock and you know they just didn't have a lot of privacy and so as simple as it sounds, when we were shopping for a house, it was like, well, these boys have to have nice closets and, you know, doors that close and lock and all these like kind of silly things, but it was important. So the house that we went for checked so many boxes. And again, for the kids it had a nice neighborhood to be safe, go out and play. Their mom lived on a busy road. So for us, that was obviously like a big deal. Their bedrooms were the same size, which, you know, just to prevent any fighting. The bedrooms were the same size. They were down the hall from ours. So that was another plus. They had their own bathroom because who wants to share a bathroom with teenage boys? I don't. So they had. (laughs) So all these things were check in the box and we lucked out and, you know, we're able to get a house with a finished basement. And, uh, you know, the previous owners were kind enough to actually leave a pool table and a ping pong table. So we had the setup. You know, we really felt like, oh my gosh, the kids are going to be, they're going to, love this house. So when we actually had our offer accepted, we were really looking forward to surprising the boys with the house. But because it was COVID, the owners actually didn't feel comfortable. Even though we were under contract, they didn't feel comfortable with us bringing the boys through the house. They said, I'm sorry, but we can't do that. So we didn't even get to show the boys the house until we had the keys in our hand. And it was a, a deal. It was a done deal. Mm-hmm. So we had to wait and that that's okay. So I remember when we brought the boys through, I was so excited. Like I was filming them on my phone. I couldn't wait to see their reaction. And we had to show them already a couple other houses in the area. You know, oh, we looked at this one, but you know, your bedrooms would have been too small. And, you know, we looked at this one, but, you know, there's no backyard for you guys and, you know, whatever. So anyway, when we finally had the keys, we go to the house and my partner even said, he goes, don't. Have your hopes up too high, the kids are probably not going to give you the reaction you're looking for. And I thought that was interesting. I'm like, huh, okay. So we go to the house and we take them through. And my older stepson, again, he's about 17. At the time, I think he was 14, about 15, or get, I don't know, somewhere around that, maybe around 15. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say really anything at all. He was like, yeah, the house is nice. Yeah, okay. And my younger one, he loved it. He's like, Oh, yeah, look at all this space, great neighborhood. I can ride my bike and he's getting excited and okay, cool. But the older one wasn't saying anything. So we knew he was feeling some type of way. Mm-hmm. And he actually later, later on told his father when I was not around. And I thought this was really eye opening. Dad's like, Well, what do you think of the house? And he's like, eh, It's okay and he said to his father, I don't know why you didn't ask me about this house before you bought it. Like why didn't he didn't say consult because he's a kid, but basically said why didn't you consult me on this before you bought this house. And I thought, wow. You know, again, I heard about this conversation later on and I thought my my, my gut reaction was, okay, you're 15, right? You know, you're really? not buying a house. You don't have money to put down. This is not an adult this is not a kid decision. And then the other part of me once I cooled off realized he probably feels left out because dad's making decisions with this woman that he doesn't really know and he feels left out. So his dad made that decision with me. He had no say in that. So Right. Second time with us too when we got engaged, my stepson same thing was like why didn't you tell me about this before you did it. Uh, so very like an interesting dynamic there. Mm-hmm. But when we all moved in together, we were there maybe 6 months and this is the part i'll spare the details on but my stepson was going through something and and kind of used a extreme measure to get out of our house and then basically said he would be happier to live at mom's house so he did he moved to mom's house he has been there now i think it's a year and a half year something like that but he lives there full time and it honestly as as awful as it was for my partner because it was traumatic for him to lose a kid you know he saw it as losing his son right and I've tried to say to him, but you also had a say in that you do have power as a father. Cause I know it seems like so many dads feel like they don't have power with their children. Like they have to like guilty parent syndrome, that GPS, they have to give them what they want. Whereas they really don't like you have a say, you know, it's it's up to you too. You have to agree that that child goes to mom's house, you know, that he doesn't call the shots, you know, you have to agree to that. And there's so many, I think, you know, things where you could say to the children, Or or his son, hey, I'll let you go to mom's. But every Wednesday, I still want you to come over for dinner or whatever. But of course, that doesn't happen. So they still see each other. But the positive was, honestly, when stepson 17 was, when he was with us, he had a chip on his shoulder. And it could have been because, you know, life was getting real with me. Again, even though mom has a boyfriend that she's been living with for years now, but it was different for us for some reason.
1: It's different. And, and I don't I can't tell you why. They look at when dad remarries, they mm-hmm. look at you as proof that their parents will never get back together. That's interesting. It's very interesting. Mom mm-hmm. can have 50 boyfriends. <laughs> exactly. And that's okay. But when dad does it, it's like, oh crap. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep,
0: and he did. He had this thing against his father, and we don't know if if bio mom said something to him because he did. He had this chip on his on his shoulder with his father, and he just like he was just always angry towards his father. And then with me, I was collateral damage. You know, mm-hmm. I'm the girlfriend, so he just automatically didn't like me either, right. and thought mom could do you no know wrong. And also part of that was because again, the schedule was based on her work schedule. So when bio mom had her children, it's when she wasn't working. So she took them to fun things. She, you know, she could spend time and do all the exciting stuff. Whereas when dad has his children or child, he's working half the time. So there is no fun and exciting stuff. But the positive that's come out of this is because my older stepson is now with his mom, he's realized that mom has to work. Mom is not always home. And when he is there, it's not all sparkles and unicorns. They're not just running off and doing fun things all the time anymore because that's not what it is. Right. And by a mom has friends, you know, she goes out with her friends and she has a life too, which I think is great. And he sees that now and it's not all catered to him because he's there full time. So it's kind of, um, it's actually helped the relationship where he now looks at dad and even me. And it's a lot less hostile. Like it's a lot less aggressive from his, from, you know, the, the vibe. And he's still a 17 year old. So he's still difficult. You know, he thinks he has all the answers and he doesn't, but he's getting there. You know, he is starting to mature. He is when he has that time with dad, it's better, you know, and even dad feels it. So it's, it's actually worked out, but it was, it was a rough, rough time for a while.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I guess by a mom was open to him coming to live with her full-time
0: she was yeah thankfully she was
1: yeah because it creates a problem when the kid wants to go live somewhere full-time and the bio parents like nah
0: (laughs) exactly exactly and again he was I think around 15 years old so but she
1: said you know okay yeah so you Mm -hmm. said y'all were the tougher house yes was bio dad always the tougher house or did he become more of a tougher house when you came into the picture? (laughs) I know Um, the answer to this already, but.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Right. I, I think, well, from what I do here is bio mom is very carefree, you know, even, even with school, she's just always been very laid back, like just very carefree. I do think that dad has always been a little bit more of a enforcer of things, but there still really weren't many rules. And so, of course, you know, even before he moved in, I was still, I was trying to plant the seed. You know, I was even saying things like, hey, guys, you know, the new house we're going to move to, is going to be a little bit bigger than the one you're in now. And like, I'm going to need more hands to help me with the cleaning because, you know, I can't do it all. So, you know, we're all going to have to pitch in. And I just just started to plant the seed and it didn't matter. Didn't really help. But
1: (laughs) you tried, you tried.
0: I sure did try. But we did obviously move in and we know how that goes. But I would say dad definitely... We did do a chore board. We first moved in, there was a chore board on a big white board and we would alternate the chores based on the week. And the kids hated it, of course, you know, it was like, gosh, we're asking them to just do everything they they didn't like. But yeah. And then of course, once my older stepson went to mom's, he, you know, the chore board went away. It went down in the basement and it never saw the light of day again. And that's what's hard because for me, we're not running a frat house here you know, this is a house and we need to keep it tidy and have a like some structure. But my partner says, well, it's not a museum. You know, people have to live here. And I said, yes, but we don't have to live filthy, right? We can right. still live and have some kind of order and, and whatnot. So yeah, I do definitely think the kids have noticed a, sh- a shift in you know, oh, when she came in the picture or whatnot, but I do tend to clean a lot and I just do it throughout the day and I'm doing the dishes and trying to clean the counters and I work. I have two jobs. So I, I do balance a lot, but yeah, I just kind of, it's, they notice it, but, but now that with, with my older stepson being at their mom's, you know, my younger stepson, there's nothing required of him now. And that's, what's hard for me because I think too, as I I see not to go into like gender roles and all those things, but it does bother me that he's my 13 year old. He's a big boy. My, my stepson is, I think he's like five seven, two hundred and ten 210 pounds. Like he is a, He's a big boy. He's a big boy, you know? So if I'm in the kitchen and I'm lifting heavy things and, you know, he's much bigger than I am. And if he's, you know, sitting on the couch playing on watching TikTok or whatever, and I'm in the kitchen doing something, it bothers me that he's not saying, oh, can I help you with something? Or, let you know, putting the phone down and getting up and saying, what can I take out of your hands? I get he's 13, but that was expected of me and my sister when we were kids. You know, it was ingrained in us, even as girls, like it didn't matter. But if you see your parents doing something or if we have to ask you more than once, you know, it was not good for us. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's ingrained in me to like look and pay attention and take the grocery bags out of my mom's hands or shovel the driveway before dad gets home from work. And, you know, I do worry with with my 13 year old. These are bad habits. You know, he should not be just sitting there and being okay with it. I mean, I can take a mop out and mop around him and he (laughs) will up. And it's hard because I'm like, that's when you want to yell.
1: Yes. Well, one thing I have to say is it's like men in general, and I'm not trying to just say Mm -hmm. men, but a lot of times I'll get aggravated doing the dishes Mm
3: -hmm.
1: because I feel like I'm the only one that does the dishes. But if I ask David to do them, he'll do them. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking, why do I have to ask? You see him. Yep. Then I also noticed when he does the dishes, I say, thank you. You think anybody ever thanks Lori for doing the dishes? Mm, that's a good point. And so I think talking about gender roles, as much as we don't want to feel like that, the woman's at home in the kitchen, that's how we were raised. Mm-hmm. So it's normal for the female to do the dishes and It's normal for the man to sit on the couch with his hand down his pants, scratching and watching (laughs) Married with Children or whatever. (laughs) And so the kids don't see that much. And Mm -hmm. David is very helpful. He really is. But a lot of times I do have to ask for that help. Mm -hmm. And I noticed with his oldest son, his oldest son and his wife moved in with us for about three months while they were waiting for base housing. And I noticed when I would come back from getting the groceries, Avery, the oldest, would come out and help me. Mm. Oh, girl, don't get excited. It was not because he thought about it to do it himself. Oh. The wife said, you need to go help Lori.
0: No. Of course she
1: She knows. Yeah. Yeah, she knows. Good kid. Yep. Yep. But like you said, as a child growing up, if you saw your mom and dad bringing in groceries or your mom bringing in groceries whatever, you knew to go help. It wasn't a question. You didn't even ask if you needed if they needed help. You just did it.
0: Oh, absolutely. You got right off your rear end fast. <laughs> Let's yes. go. Yes.
1: Yes, cuz they would put the fear of God in you.
0: Oh, yes. Oh but, yeah. But but it worked though. I mean, I I know that there's so much transition right now in parenting styles and it's it's not as like dictative and, you know, that it used to be. But I look back and I think, God, I still have so many of those things in me, you know, where yes. it's like, get off your rear end and you get stuff, you know, you help people out and, and get your head out of your phone. and But these kids are just like, oh, yeah, like we're catering to them. You know, it's like, what do you want to do? And it's like, they're 13. Why are we letting a 13-year-old call the shots?
1: Right. And then when you ask for their help, they're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: God. My mother-in-law said to me something that resonated with me because again, I didn't have brothers growing up. So I don't really know what's like normal boy behavior or you know whatever. And my mother-in-law, because one of my frustrations has been that my stepson and and my older one too, but my stepson doesn't do any sports. He doesn't do any sports. He's on any extracurricular activities. And I think he needs something, you know, because otherwise his face is in a screen from the minute he gets home from school till basically midnight or one in the morning when he goes to sleep. And I don't think that's good for him. And I said, you know, don't these boys have energy? Like, don't we need to make them tired and you know, get them out there and whatever? And my mother-in-law said to me, she goes, "Oh no," she goes, "They might have energy." She goes, "But boys are lazy." Now I know it's generalizing, and I don't. People are probably get mad by me saying that, but that was just what she was saying. She goes, "No, they're very lazy." And I thought, oh, is that because I don't know? I'm like, is that normal? I don't know, but it is interesting to see, like you were saying, like people sitting on the couch and not getting up to help. It's like, huh.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, we've got five boys between us, and I don't know that. I mean, they didn't have chores like I did growing up. We did try to implement the chore thing, but that was a joke. One of them had to vacuum, one had to dust. And even though it would only take five minutes total to do Mm -hmm. each one, they would still half butt it. Yeah. It's like, just don't even bother. But I'm sitting here thinking. And I don't think my guy friends growing up had chores. Mm, Interesting. But all my girlfriends did. Hmm. And I mean, I'm talking about a list of chores. My mama didn't leave anything off the list. Mm -hmm. And I know David said that his mom would go into his room and take everything off of his dresser, his nightstand, put it all on the bed and dust. But then she would leave it on the bed. Oh, yeah. Yep. She was bad. But but now when the grandkids, she would come over here during the week while we were at work and she would wash all their sheets and clean up their room for them. Hmm. And make their beds. She was oh, they don't know how to make beds. Hmm. Interesting. Now I will say one of my stepsons, he came back, he got out of the Air Force and he was here for a few weeks. And I noticed That he will say, hey, do you need help? Mm. He won't just jump up and help. He at least asks if you need help. That's nice. Yeah. But they were all raised the same. Mm -hmm. It's like my sisters and I were raised the same, but we are all different. Mm -hmm. My little sister, she didn't do her chores and she didn't get in trouble either. Really? Mm -hmm. She's the baby. She's
0: the baby of the family. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm. I told my mama when Courtney was probably, I don't know, 10 and I was 15. I said, You're going to regret this because she does nothing and -hmm. you don't make her. Mm -hmm. Needless to say, my sister still lives with my dad. (gasps) Get out. Nope, she does. She still lives with my dad and she still does nothing. Oh my gosh. And how old is she now? 40, she'll be 45 this year.
3: Oh my gosh. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: Oof. Yep. I think it's funny though, when my mom and dad split up, she made sure that my sister stayed with my dad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: she was thinking ahead. <laughs> yes, she
1: was. She was. But gosh. like you said, I feel like there's so many things that we learned as kids
3: mm-hmm.
1: that these kids aren't learning Until after they're married now. Yeah. I was ironing my dad's lab jackets at eight years old. Oh my God. Yeah, that would be considered abuse nowadays.
0: Right. I know. And I could, I could add an example to that too, where my sister was just because she lives out of um, very far away and, um, So she's actually never met my older stepson, especially because he doesn't live with us. So it's just made it harder. But she's met my younger stepson a couple times. And it was just sweeter for this past year. She sent gift cards to both the boys for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so sweet. Like, oh, my gosh, you haven't even met one of them. And here you are sending a gift. And so anyway, I as soon as happened, because I knew that they were going to go to their moms and, you know, it'd be another couple days before we saw them. I immediately after they were done opening presents, I ran and grabbed a blank Christmas card so that they could do a thank you card to my (laughs) sister for the gifts, right? Uh My partner said, hey, when they're done, you know, before they go to mom's, can you just have them sign this card and write a nice little thank you? And so my older stepson's like, wait, what are we doing? What? You know, he could hear me talking to his dad and he's like, well, I don't, what are we, what am I supposed to do? And I said, you're going to do a thank you card. You're going to do a thank you note. And that's what you're going to do. (laughs) Mm
3: -hmm. So
0: anyway, you know, they go over to the table and my older stepson's kind of, you know, walking a little bit at it. And he's like, I don't even know what to write, you know? And I said, well, listen, then don't take the gift card, you know, but if you're going to accept this gift card, you need to, this is what you need to learn is how to write a thank you card. And growing up my parents, if it came to a gift, whether it was a communion or holiday or birthday, whatever, we couldn't even play with that. And this came from my mother, but We couldn't even play with that toy until we had that thank you card handwritten and in the envelope, and then it was like, okay, you can play with the the toy now because you've said thank you. And I like your mom, right? Oh, she was old school. She was old school. Now these kids are like, well, as long as they send a text, no, like that's that's too easy. Like this is, and and then you think about how these things. When you get into careers and, you know, people get out into the workforce and who are the people that stand out? Nobody sends handwritten notes anymore.
3: And
0: it's like all those little things do matter. And I think they do make an impact and you can stand out later in life in different situations. So I think we still have to try to instill it where we can. But it was interesting because they were really like baffled. Like, why are we doing this? This thank you card.
1: That's like when David's oldest graduated, my dad sent him a graduation gift. And some other mm-hmm. people did too. So I went and bought thank you cards. hmm And I said, you need to send thank you cards. hmm And I even told David, he needs to send thank you cards. You think anybody ever got a thank you card? <gasps> oh, no. No. And it bothered me more because my dad didn't get one. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. then when we have the baby shower, wedding shower, because they actually got married in Japan. And because that's where he was stationed. Mm -hmm. And then so when they came back here, we had a baby shower, waiting shower kind of mix thing. And guess who wrote the thank you cards? No, me and Mama.
0: Oh, you're kidding.
1: Oh, not kidding. Well, the wife is from the Philippines. I don't know their tradition as far as that goes. It was just, I'm just going to knock it out and be done. Yep.
0: Yep. I can see that. Mm hmm. Right. It's, a, it's you want to show that you have respect and
1: manners. Right. Yes. And you got to think most of these people that sent gifts are not young. They That's are used right. to the handwritten thank you cards yeah. being okay. mailed to them. Yeah. Don't send a Facebook message. Don't send a text message. Don't even call me. Write a thank you card. Mm-hmm. I remember when I got married, I was on my honeymoon. And I had been gone two days. My uncle calls me and says, I have not received a thank you card for my wedding gift yet. No. Yeah. I said, dude, I'm on day two of our honeymoon. He said, well, you need to work on that and get them out before you come home.
3: Oh, my gosh. No
0: kidding. Yeah. You bring up such a great point though. This That's an older generation. So that is how they were raised. So they are expecting those things, even if this newer, you know, younger generations aren't being brought up that way. But that is, that's such a great point.
1: It's funny with David's oldest, sometimes the wife will look at me and I'm like, look, don't look at me. I tried to raise them youngins, but I was told that I was abusing them. <laughs> oh gosh. Ugh. It's not my fault.
0: It's, it, it's valid. It's just, those are manners. And I, we do, we are losing some of that. And, and I do agree that, yes, you know, how the how the stepchildren turn out, you know, we really can't say, yep, that was because of us or not because of us. It's not our issue, right? It's It's reflective of the parents. But I do think that you do want to instill some of those things because, you know, especially if you are raised that way, if you are raised that, another example, my mother used to always say, if you ever show up to someone's house, you better show up and be able to only open the door with your elbows. Meaning your hand should be so full of stuff for the host or the hostess that you can't even open the door with your hand because you're holding so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, just those, those simple principles are things that I want my stepkids to have. But again, mom doesn't care. Dad's like, yeah, sure. If you can get them to sign the thank you card, cool. But he's not worried about it. He's not sweating it out.
1: Hmm. Exactly. That's like this year for Christmas, everybody was here except for two of the stepkids. And they had their wife and girlfriend. And well, let me clarify. One had their wife and the other had their girlfriend. (laughs) And it was funny because one of the girlfriends said, "Um, do they normally give y'all gifts? We're like, no. She's like, what? So we got gifts this year or last year. Wow. And I hugged her and I said, I know this is all because of you. Oh my gosh. And I know it is. And then the other one, the wife, got us gifts. We knew where it came from. hmm And mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, is this a male-female thing?
0: Yes, exactly. Because my
3: that's
1: what son I- was walking out the door the other day to take his girlfriend presents for her birthday. He didn't even wrap them. Oh, my gosh. Oh I my- said, let's put them in a bag. No, that's not necessary. I said, it is necessary. We're going to put it in a bag with tissue paper.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes it doesn't it makes me feel better because I have I've, you know again not having brothers I don't know it's normal my stepson's the same thing they can take gifts they'll take all they'll take gifts all day long and and never reciprocate which I think is a terrible terrible thing like I've started my my stepsons we do volunteer at the uh you know just volunteer at things with for homeless people or mm-hmm. people fortunate because i want them to learn that hey this is us giving back like these are these are principles you need to have of it's not all about you and it's not all take 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 gimme 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 so i'm trying to like we've done it for the last couple years now that we have this like new tradition where we volunteer our time but very similar thing this year steps on 17 christmas eve christmas eve so this is where Uh, you know, I said to the kids for two weeks, you know, Christmas is coming. I know their mom's birthday. And I was like, their mom's birthday is before Christmas. So I said, make sure you take care of your mom. You know, I'm not doing that, but take care of your mom. Make sure you have a plan. Don't forget it. And then Christmas comes. And again, we all know what day Christmas is and and all that. And the boys, you know, I helped the one out, but the older one's like, nope, I've got it. I'm cool. I don't need your help. Okay, no problem. Older stepson Go shopping with his father on Christmas Eve, which I don't even know why you would enable that behavior, but this is not my always, you know, I don't have all the say and everything. So, dad takes older stepson Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. And while they're out Christmas shopping, his son, his older son, says, Hey, dad, can you go in like the next aisle? Cause I got to get you something. <laughs> like, go away so you don't see what I'm getting you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And this is happening with his father and, you know, Christmas Eve. And you're, <laughs> Him. <laughs> like again, is it a boy thing? I don't know. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know either. I know um, one year David had asked me, he said, what do you want for your birthday? And my birthday's right around Christmas too. And I said, I want us to go volunteer at this thing they're having for people. It's where they provide them a Christmas dinner. And then they also give them gifts. They let them go around and pick gifts. And um, I don't know what you would call it. It's not really a homeless shelter, But anyway, I asked the kids one day, I said, do y'all remember that? They're like, yes, that was the worst day of our lives. (laughs) No. But we found out, he didn't tell us, we found out through somebody else at the school, one of the stepkids would spend his lunch hour reading to the disabled children. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. So as step parents... How they turn out, if it's bad, is not a reflection on us. If it's good, it is a reflection on us.
0: <laughs> that's true. We'll take the credit where we can.
1: Yes, yes. I know when I found out that he was doing that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's oh so my. sweet. Yeah,
0: that, that's incredible. It, that's, you know, and I, and I will say this, I mentioned earlier about the stepson, my partner's stepson, not my stepson, but bio mom's child from her previous relationship. You know, it's funny because he has with Christmas, my partner's stepson who's 25, he will include me on gifts. He will show up with gifts, which has baffled me because I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm like a complete stranger to him. And he's been so kind and open arms, but he'll come with gifts. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So I
3: don't
0: know, maybe it's an age thing too.
1: (laughs) That's true too. Now, Mm -hmm. I know we need to wrap up here shortly, but we didn't really talk much about your boyfriend's stepson or your partner's stepson, Mm -hmm. did it bother you that he still has a relationship with this kid and called him my son when he wasn't his son?
0: Yes. I had a really hard time with that. Really hard time. Especially because, again, in the beginning when he said, I have two boys and then he said, I have three boys. I was like, well, wait a minute. What else are you keeping from me? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And, you know, but then he's like, well, and he kind of explained it. He goes, but I always call him my son. I always say I have three kids. And, it, and obviously there's a very endearing part of that, you know, that you have somebody who is just that welcoming of a child to like, just because they got divorced, he didn't divorce the kid. He divorced divorced their mom. So I think that that's, it speaks volumes to him, but, you know, what's hard is like, we'll be out and about. And again, people that know me know I have two stepkids. And if they meet my partner, You know, when he says something like, oh, I have three boys, then they look at me like, wait a minute, you told me he has two. So it's, you know, then I have to explain, you know, well, next time I see you, I'll tell you what I meant and whatever. But so it was hard for me, but I know where it's coming from. And even like, there's been times where I'm surprised at how much that child is involved in the family. He has a new girlfriend and he went to go visit grandma, but grandma is my partner's mom. So basically what would be my mother-in-law. So, you know, no blood relation and he'll go visit her, you know, he'll, he took new girlfriend with him to go visit grandma. And I'm thinking it's not your grandma, but again, it's, you know, it doesn't, I guess, need to be blood to be family. And he is, he's a great kid. He's very sweet. And again, the fact that he's open to me and, and he's, he really, he's a sweet, sweet child. He's a child, he's 25, but um, it was very hard for me. And, but, and I would say that to my partner, I'd say, if you were to tell, that child, you know, the 25 year old father, that that was your son, like, wouldn't he punch you in the face? Because I can't imagine if I had a kid and somebody says, no, that's, that's my daughter or my son, that would make me mad. Mm -hmm. That's not your kid. It's my kid. So I always kind of thought to myself, like, but that's not accurate. Right. So don't say that. But again, I realized it's coming because he, he was in that child's life for so long and he does love him to death. So to him, it's no, he's just, he's my family. Right. So, I've kind of accepted it at this point.
1: Well, and I was going to say that too, about the kid going to grandma's house, the nacho mm-hmm. grandma's, <laughs> that, that, that is his family. Yeah. Yep. And that's great. It's great that he can have that extra support and that extra love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How yeah. long was your boyfriend married to his ex?
0: I think they were married 12 years, but together like a little bit longer than that, but I think 12 years.
1: So, yeah, he was with that child during very impressionable years. Yes. Yeah. yeah. hmm He sure was.
0: And, and now, like I said, I've I've come around and I do realize in a lot of this situation, I'm the problem, you know, it's my perspective and I have to control me mm-hmm. and how I feel this. So I'm still still working on it, still working on me, but, you know, I, I see it now. I do. But for a long time and still every once in a while, it'll still get me because, to me, when he says that's my child, I think it's her child. It's her child. It's not your right. child. And every time, you know, that to me is a connection to her. So that's where I really have the tough part is okay, but it's <laughs> she had that child with another man. So, you mm-hmm. know, but
1: yeah. Well, at least he's not paying child support for that kid. Correct. Because we have seen situations where the, guy mainly, will pay child support for a kid that he knows is not his just because he has been in that kid's life for so long. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it does show something about their character. You it know, does. Obviously, your partner is a very loving and caring person and values family. hmm Yeah,
0: he does. Yeah. And that's really, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, I'm um, I'm the one that has the problem with this, but really it comes down to he still loves that child and he's kept him in his life. And, you know, that's a great thing because he could have walked away. He could have said, "Eh, you know what, I've moved on and, you know, all the best to you. But no, he doesn't.
1: And, you know, we talk about this a lot where some stepmoms will say, oh, no, if we get split up, I'm still going to be a part of that kid's life. That's nice and all, but it can get very confusing. So say the child goes to their dad's every other weekend and live with with, by a mom the other time. What Mm -hmm. weekend are you going to get, stepmom?
0: (laughs) Exactly.
1: I mean, it can get very convoluted. And then, like in a relationship, when you go to meet somebody else, if he was getting that child and bringing him to his house, Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: here you are thinking, "Whoa, wait a minute, you're bringing other people's kids in that aren't yours." And you're paying for things for them. And you're treating it like it's your kid. Yep. Yeah. And I
0: I think it's going to depend on the child too. Because, you know, to them, if the stepmom is gone, I mean, if if the child wants to keep that relationship, cool. But it could also be confusing to them. I don't know. It's just a lot for the child. So I think think the kid has to almost decide that relationship if they want to keep it going.
1: Yes, exactly. And just like in a situations such as yours or even mine the kids have to steer that relationship Mm
3: -hmm.
1: we can't force a relationship with them we can do certain things to have a relationship with them but if they're not receptive it's going nowhere
0: absolutely absolutely
1: well Nicole it has been great having you as a guest and I feel like I've still got 20 million questions so we'll probably have to have you back on
0: Uh, Well, thank you. And thank you so much for for talking with me, getting to meet you and uh, hopefully talking to all the other stepmoms out there.
1: Yes. And I will definitely make sure that the lady that did episode 155 knows she's got a fan.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) I'll
1: be like, you got a fan club and a friend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Call me anytime.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you again. And you have a good day.
0: Yes, you as well. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I wonder how many other people have had this experience. Nicole mentions how Biya Mom had a boyfriend for a while. And then when Nicole and her boyfriend got engaged, Biya Mom and her boyfriend did too. Yeah. Then Biya Mom and her boyfriend got married like six months later before Nicole and her boyfriend could get married. Wow. It's like, I got to beat you to the punch.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, then I would just do something crazy and see if she would do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you would. You would. <laughs> One thing that was brought up in this interview— and I'm sure a lot of you picked up on it, was when Nicole said that she was a lot of the problem.
2: Oh, You know, I tell people all the time, when you discover that you're a part of the problem, big or small, that should be freeing because you can change that. You can affect that. When you come to me and you're like, the entire problem is somebody else and I am I am not any part of the problem. And if that's true, I'm like, wow, this is going to be tough.
1: Well, the thing is, she said she was a lot of the problem. She didn't say she was the whole problem.
2: No, well, that's almost always the case.
1: Right. Just like with us, I've had people message me and say, how dare you take full responsibility for being the problem with the whole (laughs) Lynn? David takes responsibility for some of it, but it's not a bad thing. It's not like when, when you say, I realized I was part of the problem. It doesn't mean I realized I was a piece of crap. Or that you were the entire problem. Right. Or I realized that everybody would be better off without me. I mean, you can go to those extremes.
2: Yeah. You know, for us a little bit, when, when you started going down that path of acknowledging where the, you were in the problem, <clears throat> it gave me the ability to look at it and go, okay, well, where where do I hold some responsibility? You know, whereas if you have been going, I ain't none of the problem. It ain't my problem. That's all you. And then it be- it becomes. It's all your kids. It becomes a fight to mm-hmm. to say, no, it ain't. Yeah, it is. No, it ain't. And so you never really do that part where you just sit back and go, okay, if, if you have a, if you're holding yourself to the responsibility of having caused some of these issues, then what responsibility do I have for causing these issues as well? Right. And what responsibility
1: does everybody else have?
2: Yeah, and that's when you start figuring out, oh, wow, hmm, interesting.
1: (laughs) Well, and again, the thing is, when you get to the point that you realize you are part of the problem, you can take path A or path B. Path A saying, okay, what can I do to improve myself, which would benefit this
2: relationship?
1: Path B would be, oh, woe is me. I just suck. No, don't go down that path.
2: Patsy could be, I'm lying to myself. I ain't part of the problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But when you get to that point, you need to realize that's growth. Oh, yeah. And that is one thing that I've talked about a lot on podcasts recently, and Emily Watkins and I talked about on the podcast she was on, about how much we have grown being stepmoms. Mm -hmm. You can't go to school and learn the stuff we've learned. You have to go through the mess. To learn what we've learned. But thankfully, we went through the mess, so you don't have to. Yep. We're trying to help you
2: folks. That's all we're trying to do. At the very least, we're give you some taller boots. Yeah. <laughs> we, we went through it with flip-flops.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I was barefooted. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do want to say one other thing about David saying something about the messages we get. You know, there's that other folder in Facebook. If you message me there, I might get back to you in six months. And the reason being is that's where all my hate mail goes. (laughs) And I tell you what else. You send me a message, cussing me. We're not going to get along very well. My daddy don't talk to me like that. My husband don't talk to me like that. And you surely ain't going to talk to me like that. It's called a boundary. It's called a boundary. It's called common freaking courtesy, people. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to reach out to me, don't send me a message in my (laughs) other folder because... It might sit there for, I don't know, till Christmas because I just don't want to read that crap. But sometimes I do need to read it because it's people asking questions about other stuff. But feel free to email us anytime if you have any question about the Nacho Kids Method or a question about the Academy. I had a lady message me today and she said, I'm child free, have stepkids that are teenagers. We pretty much let dad do the parenting. What would the Academy offer me? Good question. I replied, and I told her, the Academy is going to offer you much more than just letting dad parent. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you identify triggers, because just because dad's parenting doesn't mean you don't have triggers. It's going to help you recognize and understand why the blend is the way it is. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you change your perspective. And then I proceeded to say a few other things and listed what all is included in the Academy. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stuff in there, folks. A lot of stuff in there. A lot of information that will help you.
2: You know, we talk about this from time to time, but it came up again last, I think it was last week when we had a Q&A call. There was a lady in there. She's like, I don't have any problems at all right now because we are not even yet blending. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, that is so fantastic. The people that are just getting started, who haven't even really got into the blend yet, are are like dude I'm getting ahead of this. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's going to be problems and I am starting now to understand what the problems are, to equip myself with the tools I need to deal with them and to try to start out with a better foundation. Yes. And so if you know somebody that is thinking about getting into blended family,
1: oh heck, just anybody that's divorced with kids.
2: Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Cuz eventually they're going to end up in a blend. Yeah. Then, you know, please share a podcast episode with them, send the link to nachokids.com, the academy, whatever, but introduce them to resources. Right.
1: And if you are interested in finding a specific topic that we've had a podcast about, you can go to nachokids.com slash podcast and there's a search feature and you can type in high conflict bio mom, child free stepmom, things like that. And it'll show you the podcasts that are applicable.
2: Man, that's a $10 word and a $2 sentence.
1: I know. <laughs> I didn't. At least I didn't say applicable. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to all the podcasts because there's bits and nuggets of information in every one of them. I even learn stuff, y'all. Yep. That's why I like having people on here that are just normal people.
2: hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. You learn from the interviews. You do. It's like, um, I think it was Joe Rogan who said... Um, I I interview people that I want to learn something from. Y'all can just listen. (laughs) Hey, that's a good way to do it. (laughs) Yep,
1: That's like I interviewed a lady today about living apart together. Mm -hmm. And it was a very interesting conversation. I learned a lot of her perspective. And I mean, we've already talked about this as far as blended families go. And I also gave her some insight on why I think that it's not necessarily a good thing for blended families to do that. Mm -hmm. I understand there are situations where it's necessary. Don't get me wrong. But we want to help you learn to work through your problems, not to separate and ignore them.
2: Yep. All right, that's enough. I'm done. Okay, okay. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And remember that life is good. And it really is when you nacho.
3: Thanks for
0: listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.